Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Bro History. It is Henry Zamoda as well as Danny Abdel Jabbar. Yeah, got it right. I finally got it right after four years or five years at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, it's been a while. It's tough. It's it's tough to get a uh, complicated last names right, and uh, especially when I don't get your first name right either. So, it just <laughs> especially when you get your own last name wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, not smart. Is what you could say. <laughs> I'm not a smart man, but I do know what love is. What's that from? Forrest Gump. That is from Forrest Gump. So uh, welcome to another episode of Bro History. Um, sorry for not releasing an episode yesterday. Um, Sunday was WrestleMania. WrestleMania. So there happened to be a WrestleMania party at my apartment, I mean studio, so I couldn't record it because it was too loud. Well, that's okay, because right now you're coming to us live from Westeros, so it's all good. Yes, did you happen to watch any uh, WrestleMania? I didn't. I, I don't have pay-per-view. I'm not, I, don't, I don't do that. <laughs> so I haven't watched wrestling. I, I watch WrestleMania every single year. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize yesterday was actually WrestleMania. Um, I was surprised by it, but that's the only wrestling event I'll typically watch. And man, I I miss it, man. I loved it. It was great. Yeah, Who I wrestled? forgot how fun it was. Who was the main I, event? Um, it was Ronda Rousey, huh? Versus uh, Ric Flair's daughter. Woo! And um, the third girl who won was uh, this Irish chick. I forgot her name, but she goes by the Man as her wrestler name. I, don't, I forgot her real name. The Man. The no, it's the Man. That's awesome. So uh, it was uh, it was the first time that females headlined WrestleMania in uh, WWF or WWE history. So it was pretty well, cool. I, I just forgot how ridiculous wrestling was. Like, <laughs> yeah, how silly and funny and cool it is. Um, Shane McMahon was jumping off huge platforms and landing on tables. Um, the guy's a billionaire and. Yeah. The, he still does Shane that. Shane or Vince? His Shane, son? the son. Ah, the son does it. I don't think that Vince McMahon would probably die if he did that. He's like <laughs> seventy-five years yeah, old. He's pretty old at this point. But Shane McMahon's like fifty, and he does it. Uh, there was sledgehammers. There was chairs. There was uh, 
Was there a Hell in the Cell? No, there was no Hell in the Cell. That's a separate event. Mm. But it was super cool. There was this one ridiculous match where the guy, one of the wrestlers, picked up and started spinning him in like a merry-go. <laughs> he started spinning him, and he spinned him for about three minutes straight. It was <laughs> unbelievable. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'll play the I'll play the video on the on the YouTube feed right now just because it was so silly. I I I had to videotape it. I had to go back and I had to watch it. So yeah, WrestleMania was cool. I forgot how I, I forgot how uh, awesome professional wrestling is. Um, not saying I'm going to start watching Monday Night Raw and, and uh, I think Thursday <laughs> SmackDown. SmackDown. Not saying I'm going to watch that every single day or every every Monday and Thursday. However, I will I will gladly watch any pay per view event. Those are fun. That's awesome. So uh, today we're actually doing something that's a little bit different than our than our usual podcast. So Danny and I are both huge Game of Thrones fans. Um, we've uh, we've talked about this a, a bunch of times, and uh, we we were talking about doing a Game of Thrones episode, but we still didn't want to obviously do just a Game of Thrones episode. We wanted to keep it in the spirit of our podcast, right? So we came up with this idea of doing. Game of Thrones characters compared to world leaders, or vice versa. I don't know. Is it world leaders compared to Game of Thrones characters? Or? Yeah, I think it's you know any, anything goes. You know, uh, obviously we're definitely going to talk about some some comparisons of, of characters and and world leaders. But I mean, we might even talk if we have some time. Talk about like the different tribes or peoples or groups of peoples and relate them to groups here and now uh and i think that that could be a cool comparison as well but we'll see how it goes yeah we we made a spreadsheet and we were kind of sharing it and and uh you know we were looking at each other's cases or or comparisons and uh, <laughs> some comments. of them were the same some of them were different and <laughs> yeah. uh i guess we'll just go go through the list and, and see where it goes this is the first game of thrones podcast that we ever did or that we are going to do so uh, hopefully this doesn't end up completely off the rails, and we we achieve uh, we we achieve the goal of uh, I don't even know what the goal is. We're just gonna work just through it and around. see what happens. That's it. <laughs> so I I'll I'll start with the first person I have on the list in this in this little Google Doc. So Robert Baratheon. Oh yeah. yeah. By the way, uh, obviously, if you guys aren't Game of Thrones fans or not caught up. Huge spoiler alert. Most ahead. likely, we're gonna spoil something. So yeah, just we're not. We're gonna talk about current Game of Thrones events. Yeah. So don't rewatch this, the rest of the season. It starts on Sunday, right? Or Monday? Yep. This Sunday. Sunday. Okay. This Sunday. Sunday. This, Sunday. This Sunday. 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 <laughs> Game of Thrones. All right. So Robert Baratheon. This one uh, I had the same one as you, actually. Yeah. So Robert Baratheon. We're gonna go with Donald Trump. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. So I'm the king. <laughs> you might be asking, why? How does Robert Baratheon and Donald Trump? How do they compare to each other? I can already so, hear the liberals screaming about this. Yeah, he's Joffrey. Ah. <laughs> I, I feel like that's what you wanted to put him at first. I mean, yeah, but then I thought about it more closely, and I'm like, I just don't like Trump, and that's why I'm trying to attribute him to a shitty character. But when you brought this up initially, you really sold me on it. So maybe you can start uh, and, and kind of talk a little bit about why you think Robert Baratheon is Trump, and then I'll chime in. Okay, so Robert Baratheon was the vulgar, pretty vulgar, um, charismatic 
leader of the rebellion that right. that uh, ousted the Mad King from Westeros. However, when he actually got the throne, he was kind of indifferent to it. Right. He didn't Very really want to lead. And I think he had the thrill. Robert Baratheon was just – he had the thrill of leading a rebellion and, uh, you know, ousting out the, the swamp per se. And I think Donald Trump kind of compares to that. Uh, Donald Trump, you know, hate him or love him, the guy is pretty damn charismatic. You can't you, you can't uh, take take away that from him. Um, he's pretty he's pretty vulgar, right? And he's, he's fat. Kinda, They're he, both fat. he's fat. He's fat. <laughs> and we're not doing just physical appearances. We're yeah, doing yeah, it like fine. a timeline. But he. Uh, he he drained a swamp and and it was like a thrilling campaign. However, when he got into power, I don't think Donald. I mean, I personally don't think Donald Trump really cares all that much about the campaign promises that he made or 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 cares to actually be president. I think he just likes to kind of play golf and and tweet and do all the fun glamour things that's involved with being the president. However, I don't think he's really uh, fuck girls and crack skulls, as uh, <laughs> Robert Baratheon once said. Yes, yes. So I think that Robert Baratheon and Donald Trump are. I think that's a pretty solid match. Yeah, I, I think I think so too. And this is coming from someone who's not a Trump fan and kind of likes Robert Baratheon. Um, I think to add to that, you know, what Robert Baratheon did, and and for those who aren't caught up and are crazy enough to continue watching. He he started this whole rebellion um, because, uh, you know, his betrothed uh, was evidently stolen from him by Rhaegar Targaryen, the son of the Mad King. Um, so he rallied together a bunch of, you know, houses and, and, you know, basically started a fucking rebellion. Now, rallying together all those houses is like how I envision what Trump did, uh, you know, during the 2016 election. That was like creating a populist uprising, right? Uh, on the right, uh, to basically what, what they claimed to, to do is, is drain the swamp and, 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 and those fun things, even though he didn't do that at all, in my opinion, neither Trump nor Baratheon, um, for that matter. So when you think about it, like, uh, he obviously did it for a selfish intention, right? Uh, and that was because, you know, he, someone stole his, his, uh, betrothed and she died, you know, uh, we later find out that she was in love with Rhaegar Targaryen, you know, R plus L equals J, right? Um, that point, that part isn't so important for this point, though. Um, what is important is that Robert Baratheon started a war for selfish reasons. Trump started his presidency for selfish reasons. It's all, it was all about him. It's all about his ego. Only he could, you know, save the United States. And then he made a populist um, kind of uprising, and that would be the rebellion, uh, you know, in Game of Thrones, the early rebellion. And then when he got there, uh, rather than draining the swamp, in my opinion, uh, he just kept the swamp around. Same thing with Robert Baratheon. You know, if you look at his small council, at least early on in the thing, we had um, um, Grand Maester Pycelle, uh, who is probably the swampiest of the swamp people, right? Very old, ugly, dirty man, <laughs> you know. Uh, you still had uh, Viserys. Um, not Viserys. Varys. Varys. Right, uh, and a number of other of the establishment that was just still surrounding him, and then by the time Robert Baratheon gets in, you know, in power, sits on the throne, or in this case, Donald Trump sitting on the White House's Iron Throne, 
you know, he basically just checks out. He's like, all right, cool. I won, you know, and he, and he doesn't, he doesn't uh, shy away from talking about how he won a rebellion. Right. Uh, and Trump doesn't shy away from talking about his electoral college win. So, you know, there's a lot of comparisons there. Um, and uh, I got to say, you know, the, the whole having lots of bastards thing, I would be surprised if Donald Trump had uh, a bunch of bastards run around. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised at all. You got to spot the hair. <laughs> that guy, look at his hair. He's a Trump <laughs> bastard. Oh, yeah, so yeah, he kept Jamie as uh, King's Guard, uh, whatever position Jamie had. What was King's, King's Guard, right? Leader, uh-huh. leader, the head of the King's Guard or captain mm-hmm. of the King's Guard. He kept him in there. Um, he kept Littlefinger's in there. He right. kept uh, Lord Varys in there. He le- yeah, he left. He, he kept all those people in there, kind of like keeping like the neocons in. You know, right. like keeping exactly keeping um, the establishment folk. The, the establishment folks, which I think is a good segue to the next guy I wanted to address. I don't think I don't know if we agree on this one or not. So, but I had on my on my list. I have a uh, Littlefinger's and. Uh, Little just fingers. little finger, singular. Little, little, little finger. finger. Oh, he's little finger? Okay. Singular, yeah. <laughs> little fingers. <laughs> I have uh, Little Fingers as John Bolton. Okay. And Lord Varys. No, no, as... one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. All right, Little let's, Fingers. Let's stick as... with Little Finger. L- li- <laughs> all right, Little Fingers as John Bolton. All right. I disagree, but why? Uh, just because he's just kind of swampy and... They have them both have mustaches. I know we're not supposed to do it purely off uh, physical <laughs> but appearance, looks. <laughs> but looks definitely did it. Um, he's definitely like a whisperer. I, he he has a way of whispering in um, in, in leaders' ears, uh, like John Bolton. I think he he whispers into Trump's ear to make him do uh, warmongering stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's 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 my justification. Well, I mean, yeah. There's that. I I personally put Littlefinger as Michael Cohen. And the reason why is because, like Littlefinger, Michael Cohen operates close to those in power until it doesn't serve him and will flip at any point to save his ass and do and say anything to save his ass and will undercut anyone to save his ass, right? Whether he's working for Trump or whether he's working, you know, with the special counsel Robert Mueller, you know, he seemed to do whatever was in his own best interest and he was very selfish in that respect. And just the proximity to, you know, to the highest authorities uh, really did it for me, for Michael Cohen. It's a fair point. I think that's a pretty good comparison. Yeah. I think I think we can argue. I think so. I think people in the comments section are going to have to, to chime in on this one because we want to get an accurate... We want to get an accurate list of all this stuff. We want to get an, we want to get like a full breakdown of every single world leader slash politician compared to their Game of Thrones. Uh, we, we want to do every single character eventually, so we're going to need help from the comment section here. But um, who is Littlefingers? Is he is he uh, Michael Cohen or is he John Bolton or is he somebody else? Let us know. And also, I, w- I want to point out before we continue any further, just because we have Robert Baratheon as Trump, for example, and I think that's one that we agree on, doesn't mean that Melania Trump is Cersei Lannister, right? Those relationships in the show don't have to carry through in the relationships, uh, you know, in in real life, right? Uh, but bonus points if you can make that those connections. <laughs> yeah, bonus points if you can if you can make it nice and neat. All right, Lord Varys, the other advisor. Now, I didn't really think this one through after after you gave your explanation on John Bolton. 
now that I'm thinking. But I said he's Mike Pompeo, mainly just because they kind of look alike. <laughs> I know, again, we're not supposed to do it based off looks. But he, again, is like kind of like a political operator who sneaks behind the scenes. And um, Michael Cohen may be a eunuch. Um, <laughs> I mean, not Michael Cohen. Uh, Mike Pompeo, Pompeo might be a, a eunuch. Um, he might have been castrated as a young boy. So I thought that uh, he could be Lord Varys. And Mike Pompeo kind of does have a bit of a conflicting message as far as his foreign policy is concerned. Um, sometimes he's super warmongering. Sometimes he's uh, sometimes he kind of speaks with a little bit of reason. However, I think that Lord Varys, this is my prediction, Lord Varys is going to end up back doing some dirty shit in the, in the later season of Game of Thrones. In this I don't know if season. you can... Can you see that? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I definitely... You know, when Melisandre told him on the rocks, like, oh, we both have to die in this country, that definitely gave me a tip that, like, okay, you're definitely dying. Um, but as far as him doing something bad, and this is where I, I, I don't agree with your comparison of Lord Varys to Mike Pompeo, he he might be flipping around a lot, but he seems to have a bit of a moral compass, even if it's even if the the ways that he exercises that moral compass is a little fucked up. Um, you know, so like he, I don't, I don't see Mike Pompeo as like a positive actor in the background. Like I see him as, as selfish. We'd also need to find somebody that's, that can and does work for more than one side to be Lord Varys, you know? Uh, and I think that's probably more, a more important linchpin for pitting somebody to, to, um, to Lord Varys than, than anything. And I just don't see Mike Pompeo as an actor that would have say, you know, went over to the Democratic side at some point or that would go to the Democratic side at one point uh, because he found it politically expedient or because he finds it to be the right thing to do. I just don't see that. Um, so, all right. So would a better Lord Varys be somebody like Bill Crystal? Uh, maybe. What do you think? What are you thinking there? Well, Bill Crystal, he was – Bill Crystal is a neocon. Well, I mean, if you're saying that Lord Varys has a moral compass, then Bill Crystal, I think, does not have a moral compass. So maybe that well, kind of eliminates him from that. However, but you see a lot of neocons now. They're kind of playing – they were hardcore Republicans, and now they're kind of becoming more mainstream liberals. Mm-hmm. Because it's just more politically expedient, and they have a mm-hmm. common enemy in Donald Trump, and you know they kind of use that to bet they they kind of bash him like the old school neo. There's like a there's like a separation between the old school neocons, which I would include like Bill Crystal and and Max Boot and, and those guys, and the new school neocons, which are kind of uh, like Pompeo, John Bolton, uh, Nikki Haley. Uh, th- there's like a difference between like the neocon category. I, I guess maybe John Bolton wouldn't technically be considered a neocon. He's more of kind of just like a warhawk conservative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, that might, that might be a better name for him. However, um, I, I, this is like Lord Varys. Who is somebody in the political spectrum who plays both sides? Who plays both sides of the aisle, but in a in a kind of manipulative way, but with like an underpinning of like. The reason why he's doing this is because he sees a grander, positive thing out of it, right? Trying to make a better world. Well, I think that eliminates every single politician in the world because it's, <laughs> there's very few that do things for for 
well, uh, positive recourse. Well, so, I mean, many of them might believe that they're doing things for a positive recourse. Ob- objectively speaking, whether or not they're actually doing something positive is, is up for debate. But I think you would have to find somebody who has flipped sides, who did so, uh, you know, with the rationale that they were doing the right thing, not necessarily that they were doing it because it was, like, good for them politically. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, but also does some shady shit, right? Like orders executions and shit, right? Maybe ordering drone strikes, you know, like things like that. Yeah. Oh, who's a good – oh, this is a good one. Um, I don't know. Do you want to brainstorm this more or do you want to go on to one that we yeah, agree let's, on? Yeah, let's move on. Let, let's maybe do that number uh, number two on, on your list and my list uh, because we agree on this one. Okay. Um, all right. So who do you think Vladimir Putin is? There's only one person, in my opinion. There's only one person in my mind as well. Yeah. And every single person I've consulted on this episode said the same exact thing. It's Tywin, Tywin Lannister. Lannister. Yep. Tywin <laughs> Lannister. Yep. Uh, <laughs> all right. Why don't you take us through, Danny? Why Why is Vladimir Putin Tywin Lannister? Well, I mean, I know we're not supposed to do this on looks, but, like, I did. Uh, I sent you a bunch of... <laughs> we did the... Let's start there. Dude, let's we're, start we're there. con... All right. L- let's just say... We should have just said in the beginning, we're basing a lot of this off looks as well as character. <laughs> Who looks like they could be Tywin Lannister? Definitely Vladimir Putin. No. Um, okay. So the reason why the looks part is, like, when, remember I sent you over the weekend uh, a couple of mock-ups of, like, uh, uh, some images, and, and we'll pop it into the video now, but uh, it just looks right, like... Putin's face and and you know the the Tywin Lannister face they they both have this kind of um serious creepy like don't fuck with me command respect kind of look you know um but outside of the looks though you know Tywin Lannister is like this old school like warrior you know kind of guy right and he's 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 big military dude uh he he has a very specific way of playing the military game he has a very specific um, you know, uh, uh, allegiance to his, you know, to his house. And I guess you can say the same thing about Vladimir Putin. I mean, he's former KGB, very old school way of thinking, you know, very old school way of doing war, you know, um, but also willing to kind of, you know, be diplomatic and make alliances with different countries, uh, strategic alliances with different countries, even if he doesn't like them very much. Um, but just so that he can get one over and 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 gain the upper hand for his house, or I guess in Vladimir Putin's case, for his country, or for himself, frankly, he, and he's fucking rich. I mean, by by many accounts, Vladimir Putin might be the most the, the richest person on the planet. But because he keeps his money in multiple different people's accounts, that you you wouldn't even know. Yeah, and I'll just add that that uh, Vladimir Putin is a hardcore Russian nationalist, right? Um, Tywin Lannister is, a, I guess, a hardcore Lannister nationalist, or whatever you want to call it, a Westeros nationalist, a Lannister Westeros-y. nationalist, yep. loyal mm-hmm. to the loyal to the Lannister clan. But they're mm-hmm. both hardcore, um, self-serving to their tribes. Right. So they, I think they're a perfect comparison. I don't, I don't know who else would be Tywin Lannister uh, besides Vladimir Putin. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's Clay's, That is. Case shut, Vladimir Putin, Tywin Lannister, they are, that's on the list. Forever, set in stone, not changing. 
Definitely, definitely. All right, so we got Robert Baratheon, Trump, set in stone. We got Tywin Lannister, Vladimir Putin, set in stone. Should we go on to something that we— I got I got one that I think you won't agree with, but I want to talk about anyway. <laughs> okay. All right, so we got to talk about Hillary Clinton and her emails. <laughs> Who do you think Hillary Clinton is? I think that she can be uh, one of two characters. Hit me. She's either the obvious one would be Cersei Lannister, okay, just because Cersei Lannister is an evil bitch. Mm-hmm. Hillary's an evil bitch, so I think that's a pretty good match. Um, they both are just craving power. Uh, they both feel entitled because of their of their heritage and their and their last name. So I think that is I think the the obvious one or the one that would pop in most people's minds. But I would go as far as calling her Ramsey Bolton as well, um, just because Ramsey Bolton's a sick, a sicko, and you know by all accounts, uh, Hillary, I I feel kind of a sicko. Um, I think your politics is showing on that explanation. Uh, you, my you pol- were, my you, politics <laughs> is showing, but listen, man, we got a pretty split audience of like people who are libertarians and people sure. who are progressives. Yeah. So. This is an entire unit that <laughs> hates Hillary Clinton. Like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> like progressives <laughs> hate Hillary Clinton. Yeah, but so, you know what? I, I think you were, you were closer to the truth with Cersei Lannister. Now, I personally put her as Daenerys Targaryen. That's nuts to me. But for the same reason that you pointed out for um, for uh, Cersei Lannister, I think both Cersei and Daenerys Targaryen feel a distinct entitlement to the throne, or I guess in Hillary Clinton's case, to the presidency, based on name alone. And that's true for both of those characters. But depending on the frame that you view Hillary Clinton from, it's you can go with either she's a bad person, which is why you're saying uh, um, Ramsey Bolton, or you can say that she is a good person, Daenerys Targaryen. So, like, yeah. for all the There's liberals like out there, they're probably backing me up her here. <laughs> she's the mother of dragons for a lot of people, you know? No, uh, she's not. <laughs> she's one of the most unpopular politicians of all time. I mean, if we're talking about popularity, she did win the popular vote. So Yeah, because they didn't exactly want to vote for Donald Trump, but they yeah, were, well, she wasn't still, popular. That's pretty popular to mean, I think. What is it, like No, she was, she was. she was just <laughs> someone who happened to be the— leader of the democratic party because of her the clinton dynasty it wasn't because she was popular most democrats were like they reluctantly voted for her well i mean i think most westerosi people would reluctantly go for daenerys targaryen's claim to the throne because of her name because she's the rightful heir in that respect yeah but they see people i think a lot of people see the clintons as this this uh parasitic entity that's that's trapped in american politics and i think that there is a lot of rejoice in this country when we saw the end of the two the two political dynasties that basically ran uh the white house over the past 20 years the bushes and the clintons so i I think that she is a symptom of like this parasitic family that that goes through power i mean convincing myself more now that she's cersei lannister well i mean Um, you're you're making in my opinion you're making the case for both because both uh, the Lannisters and the Targaryens were like these big dynastic parasites on Westeros, right? So it's like it depends on where you f- like where you view your frame, your political frame. I think we're making we've got a split decision here. She's she she's 
all the reasons that you brought up why she might be Cersei Lannister, I can use the same exact reasons for why she might be Daenerys Targaryen. And so for those reasons, I think we should we should agree that she's definitely not Ramsay Bolton, but she's either Daenerys Targaryen or Cersei Lannister. Okay, think? I can't agree. I can't. I can't agree with Daenerys Targaryen. I got. I got to put my. Uh, this is this is my hill to die on on this <laughs> on this list. Any other one, I I'll, I'll be able to negotiate with, but I can't mentally. And yeah, it's my political skew is obviously showing right now. <laughs> um, I can't. I cannot not object to that statement and go to and, and go to sleep at night. I can't compare Hillary Clinton to a redeeming character in the show or one of the very few redeeming characters in the, in the series. So Shame. I think that I think I think that we're gonna have to leave it up to people who are watching this and let them comment on it. Um, I'm confident that there's not a single person who's watching this video who's going to say Hillary Daenerys. Well, we'll see who this gets around to. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Um, uh, all right. Let's move on to something that I think we would agree on, and that's uh, our pick for the High Sparrow. Okay, this is a good one. We agree with this one. Okay. So the one person that I have in mind, this is literally the only person that I think it can be for the High Sparrow, and that's Bernie Sanders. So when, when you think about it, Bernie Sanders, and, I, and I'm going to try to quote as, as close to the show as possible, the High Sparrow wanted to bring more power to what he calls the many, or what Bernie would call the 99%, and hold the few, or the millionaires and billionaires, uh, to account for their crimes, right? He's, he's all about populism, socialism, pluralism, really. Um, and you know, frankly, going back to the obvious point, he kind of looks like him too. <laughs> yeah, he kind of does look like him. <laughs> also, um, the friction between this is going back to my point with Cersei on Hillary Clinton. The friction between the High Sparrow and Cersei, uh-huh. the friction between the two bases. Oh, I think this is making my case even more for Hillary Clinton. Is is uh is Cersei? Is Cersei because. <laughs> The friction between High Sparrow, obviously, he kind of wanted to to uh, give power more to the people, and he saw this corrupt Lannister monarchy as something that was, again, I'll say a parasite. Um, I don't actually even know if that was his motive. Maybe in the books it was different, but he didn't like them, and she didn't like them. Um, but they worked together. Initially. They worked, yeah. They well, they eventually worked together. The, mm-hmm. Hillary and Bernie eventually worked together, right? And then, and then he sent her on a on a naked walk of shame. Shame. Ding ding ding. Show me your email. <laughs> your, show me the transcripts. Show me the transcripts, Hillary. I don't give a Wall damn Street about her emails. <laughs> <laughs> ding ding ding. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for the New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. 
Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-off launches April 9th. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances— I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Um, all right. I, we agree with that one. I don't think there's an objection. No. Um, objection with Bernie Sanders? Probably somebody's going to object to it, but whatever. It's like, oh, Bernie Sanders is actually Jon Snow. (laughs) Bernie Sanders is Jon Snow. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. He's Rob Stark. He's Ned. He's Ned Stark. (laughs) No, just because you're in a political affiliation doesn't mean your candidate gets a good character. So Um, uh, (laughs) your number five is pretty good, and I didn't think of this one, but um, I like your number five. Oh, yeah. I came up with this um, just – I was – reading a WikiLeaks article, an old school one, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I know who Ju- Julian Assange is. He's Bran Stark. Yeah, I could see that. Or a combination of Bran Stark and a three-eyed raven. Well, I, mean, I guess yeah. they're, the same, they're the same person at this point, right? Yeah, exactly. Because Julian Assange knows all. Knows he's everything. Not, oh, yeah, Julian Assange. He's also uh, isolated in uh, yep. the Uruguay embassy. Uh, <laughs> in the UK. <laughs> in the UK. So he's like this isolated creature who knows all, who probably has all this dirt, but he just doesn't have the means to distribute it at this point anymore. <laughs> I um, could totally see Julian Assange just chilling in that tree, in the Werewood tree. Yeah, <laughs> tapped into the to the weirwood net, you know. Give me WikiLeaks. <laughs> I know everything. What does he say in Game of Thrones? You need to learn. Learn what? Learn everything? Is that it? I don't remember. We'll have to go back to the. I'm tapes. paraphrasing it. I got to yeah. rewatch that. That was the best season of Game of Thrones, I think. Yeah. Hodor. <laughs> Hodor. Oh, Hodor. 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 Um, who did you have? I don't see this on the spreadsheet, but you had a funny one for for uh, Hodor. Hodor? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had Eric Trump as Hodor. <laughs> <laughs> There's no really good reason. I just think Eric Trump's an idiot. And yeah, like that's a, a pretty good one. So, Hodor. I think I'm Eric Hodor. <laughs> because cause Eric Trump doesn't even doesn't say that much any, no. anyway. Donald yeah. Trump Jr. does most of the talking for, yeah. the, for, the, for, the, for the Trump boys. Yeah. Yeah. So he might as well be Hodor. He okay. Has about as many lines. So let's do... Uh, Jared Kushner. Oh God, yeah. All right, sure. I think we agree with this one, and yeah. uh, other people. It's a soft agreement, but I think it's more funny than anything else. Uh, all right, Jared Kushner is 
Marjorie Tyrell. <laughs> Again, we can bend gender. We can, you know, it doesn't have to have house affiliation. But I, I kind of like this one. I kind of like this. Well, also by looks, uh, yeah. Jared Kushner has a very soft baby <laughs> face. You know, if, yeah. You know, he's kind of a, a pretty man. <laughs> he's a very pretty man. Um, all right. So the reason why I think that Jared Kushner is Marjorie Tyrell because they're both they want to uh, marry into power. Yep. And they're both from super rich families that want to marry in, yep. and, marry in and extend their power, mm-hmm. um, like Jared Kushner did too. Yeah, Jared Kushner doesn't want to be a queen. He wants to be the queen. <laughs> yeah, the, the queen. <laughs> so he married into uh, you know the the daughter of uh, of the king, so that he could become queen. <laughs> no, I mean it's and, a good comparison. I mean it's true. You know, I, I feel like obviously Kushner family, like they were rich to begin with, but you know, really that was like a power move, like him marrying Ivanka, um, and you know, even more so now that uh, Donald Trump is the president. You know, just. Uh, Using his little, uh, his lady parts to get ahead in life. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So let's do, we don't have that many people on the list. There's so many characters. That's the There's problem. so many of them that I literally couldn't put my finger on. All right. But here's one that I thought was pretty close. Um, so Elena Tyrell, the queen of thorns, right? Uh, I pin this one as, as Angela Merkel. And and the reason why I did is because right now Germany's the the most like financially stable country in the EU, um, so she has he has ton of money right, uh, and like Elena Tyrell, Angela Merkel ain't taking any of your shit, you know, like she's running shit, she's a powerful bitch, and she also kind of looks like Elena Tyrell, <laughs> frankly, and I did a really funny mock up. I'll put it up on here now, um, but I mean, come on, doesn't this look like? Angela Merkel. <laughs> yeah, she does. Um, Merkel kind of looks like a uh, oldish hag. Here's the thing, though. All right, so um, Tyrell, old lady, she is very like witty and sharp on the tongue. Mm-hmm. Merkel sounds like a robot. There's a language barrier for you. She is I pretty guess- sharp. She is pretty sharp. Does she have sharp? Does she have sharp comebacks? Yeah, in her in her native German, like she's she's pretty sharp. I just remember he, here's like the first thing I I think of when I think of Merkel. Um, there was this. She was making. She was doing a talk, and she was talking to a bunch of Syrian refugees. And this little girl gets up and she, she starts. She has the microphone. And she's like, "I co- I want to go to school here. I've got good grades in Syria. And all this stuff." And she was cry- She was hysterically crying, and you felt really horrible for this for this young girl who who seemed, by all accounts, uh, like a very nice young girl and probably from a good family who that was educated. Mm-hmm. And she was crying, and and Merkel, <laughs> Merkel's like, starts saying, "Sorry, little girl." I know you cry, you cry, but we can't take all of you. We're half a game. It was just, and it was like robotic. It was just so weird. And this girl's crying. She's like, I'm sorry, little girl. You cry because you're sad. 
What we can't take all of it. It was so weird. Well, I mean, when you think about it, Elena Tyrell does do some fucked up shit, even though she has plenty of money. You know, like, I mean, it's not. When, I, I wouldn't call it fucked up. It was just. Well, I mean, here, here, hear me out. Hear me out. So, for, for the people, like, so Elena Tyrell, when when Loris Tyrell got caught, um, uh, and by the High Sparrow, and he's like in those dungeons, uh, she she goes to Cersei Lannister and she says like, "Yo, get him out, or 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 else." And then you know. Basically, Cersei's like, well, I don't know what – I can't do anything about it. And basically she says, you know, I'll just stop giving, you know, the, the you know, King's Landing money and, and grain and wheat and shit. And I'll make sure that all the people know that, like, you're the reason why. So, like, she's willing to starve millions of people in King's Landing for her own – for herself. So, I mean, like, that's kind of like turning away the Syrian, um, you know, refugee – little syrian refugee girl because you know doesn't suit her you know it's not it's not helping her in any way so like elena tyrell is very selfish in that respect too so at least for this one particular um thing that you're pointing out i I could see that as being like an elena tyrell move let's go on to another european leader all right cool because i have this i have this written down Mm -hmm. um all right so emmanuel macron okay is renly baratheon all right why and I the only justification I have is because um, they're both closet homosexuals. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> no, <laughs> have you seen Macron's wife? Even even Donald Trump mentioned how how like what a lovely figure. Or some other creepy shit he said about his wife. Well, dude is very much straight. You could <laughs> well. Dude, Renly Baratheon's wife was Marjorie. Touche. With Jared Kushner, super hot <laughs> wife. Doesn't mean Touché. you're not Touché. gay. Not saying there's anything wrong with it. Yeah, yeah, no. You, you feel it? Yeah. Not saying there's anything wrong with be- that. Just saying. Touche. I think that Renly Baratheon and Emmanuel Macron, they, uh, <laughs> I think, I think they're the only option. I think that's set in stone. I think that is. I think that is officially set in stone. All right, soft um, yes. along with so- soft uh, Baratheon, yes. Trump, Tywin Lannister, Putin, all that. <laughs> this is soft right. yes for me. We're we're accomplishing a lot. Yeah, we're getting some work done here. Yeah, definitely. we're getting we're getting some work done because we have about what five hundred characters to go. Yeah, <laughs> at least. All right, so uh, we have next. All right, I, here's one I have, or we we've talked about this before. Who's Theon Greyjoy? Who's Reek? I'm Reek, not Theon. Reek. <laughs> Reek goes back into his cage. Oh, now I put down Marco Rubio. <laughs> Little Marco. Little Marco. Uh, the reason why I said that is because Marco Rubio is kind of the he, he personifies the establishment of the Republican Party. So I, I just had – I feel like he just does things because people are like, Marco, vote on this bill. Don't vote on this bill. Try to push something crazy in that bill. Marco, remember, Marco, we own you. <laughs> Reek Rubio. <laughs> like, there was this really funny Onion article that came out uh, during the election, 2016 election, and it was like, crosshair pairs on Marco Rubio's head while making speech. <laughs> <laughs> so, I 
I guess there's some other people you could put. Yeah, there, but... I, I actually actually didn't write this down, but yeah, I thought about this um, a little uh, earlier, and I was thinking. So, I would put Theon Greyjoy as um, as Theresa May. Really? Yeah, and I'll tell you why. So That's an odd one. Make your case. Yeah, yeah. So Theon initially, I, I, he he was raised by the Starks, you know, um, and then. When he goes back to the Iron Islands, you know, um, he becomes like this, like, uh, Iron Islands nationalist, right? And, uh, you know, kind of drinks the Kool-Aid there. And this is where I start to make the comparison with, with Theresa May. You know, big, like, UK nationalist, you know, big uh, hoopla. Goes out to do some shit f- in, in, the, in the interests of the Iron Islands, right? By reaving and raping right and then eventually take trying to take over um uh uh trying to take over uh uh winterfell accomplishes it but ultimately that was the cause of his castration <laughs> you know of his ultimate downfall to me theon reek taking winterfell was like theresa may going for brexit and everything that, like, Theon tries to do after, you know, getting his dick cut off, uh, you know, get going through the whole thing with Ramsay Bolton, having to watch Sansa get raped by Ramsay Bolton, and then eventually escaping and going back, and then, you know, all, all of the shit, like, he's trying to make up for it. Like, he's trying to do the right thing, Theon is, right? And I think at this point, Theresa May made this big mistake— of brexit and is now trying to do the right thing but try as hard as she can she keeps getting her ass kicked and she keeps running away from stronger men i don't know that's a little too complicated for me danny <laughs> you need I, to expand I, I don't, your borders I, I just don't i just don't i don't make that connection with Theresa may i mean i guess that's a good point but like i just don't make the connection with her and like reek is somebody who is, um, you know, just kind of low. It's hard for me to associate someone who has a high position of power like Theresa May with someone. With, well, I mean, with he's Reek. he's heir to the Iron uh, to the Iron Islands, and if we're making a, a like a, a looks connection, the Iron Islands are kind of like the UK. I guess so. I guess they are kind of like the UK. Well, Westeros is kind of like the UK. I yeah, think the that's whole thing. The map is mm-hmm. the map is based off yeah. off uh, England. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to another. We'll get caught up on this one. All right, <laughs> let's. Um, so there's like a bunch of perverts in Game of Thrones, and there's a bunch of perverts who are politicians. So you can really pick and choose uh, <laughs> which one is which. So I I wrote this one down. I didn't share it with you. I put uh, Walter Frey as Walter Roy Frey. Moore. As Roy Moore, <laughs> Roy Moore. <laughs> Why? Because he's into little girls. <laughs> because he's into like little girls. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can see I, that. I, I, is that fair? Yeah. No. Is there a better Walter uh, Frey? Walder with a D. Wal- oh, it's not Walt Walter. No, it's Walder with a D. Oh, what do Walder you read? Frey? Books? Yes. <laughs> oh. uh, Nerd. Yeah. No, no, no. That's that's great. Yeah. Uh, just creepy old dude. Um, you know, relatively high office, or at least tried to be. Uh, and, uh, you know, just a piece, just generally a piece of shit, you know, likes, likes little girls. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, Roy so, Moore. Yeah. Here's who I had as uh, there's so many perverts in Game of Thrones. There's yeah. so many pervs in politics that like you could really just you could just pick and choose your imagination right here. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to find a good one for Bill Clinton. Um, here we go. And I think <laughs> that Bill Clinton. So first, I put him as a craster. Okay. Do you know the guy? Yeah, who... no, I, he's uh, north of the wall. Gilly's father, also Gilly's baby daddy. But then I thought there's plenty of perverts to put in as craster. Yeah. Um, I need to make my case stronger for Cersei as Hillary Clinton. So I put it as Jamie Lannister. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't know. I guess d- d- all right, Jamie all right. Jamie Lander uh, Jamie Lander Bill Clinton is, is uh, Jamie Jamie Lannister. Jamie Lannister is is like kind of you know he kind of has a charm to him definitely. But he also is like kind of a sexual deviant. Uh Jamie Lannister has sex with his sister, which yeah. makes him a sexual deviant. And Bill Clinton and, has sex with Monica Lewinsky. So that's, and Bill Clinton that's has sex with everything that has a hole in it. So <laughs> that makes him kind of a sexual deviant. Hey, I mean like you're selling me on this and you're going for the bonus points, but you know, if we're talking about him being a creep, you also have to talk about some of Jamie, Jamie Lannister's like better qualities too, you know? Like he did. Well, Jamie, did Jamie is my Matt favorite King, character you know? in Thrones. Yeah. He's my favorite character in Game of Thrones. Um, so it's kind of hard for me on politically to put him as Bill Clinton <laughs> because I like Jamie and I don't like Bill. That was very brave of you. <laughs> but I, I, I can't think of a better comparison. Yeah, I mean they're Jamie both like Lannister. handsome dudes, you know. Uh, uh, seems to be doing the right thing even if they do some creepy shit in their past you know cares a lot about their family for sure i don't think he's ever i don't think bill clinton has ever tried doing the right thing at all but uh <laughs> that's a that's a conversation for a different podcast maybe but uh i mean definitely cares very much about his family and will do anything for his family that's definitely true of bill clinton and of the clinton's is it? generation <laughs> is yeah, that true for sure i don't know i think we have different perceptions on the clintons i think so too completely i see your perception is i think that you think that they're just like kind of a necessary evil and i my perception of the clintons is that they're just pure satanist um (laughs) i mean i i don't i liked bill clinton and he did a good job as president i don't think in my opinion i mean that's all right let's move on because we'll just debate on this all day yeah Um, all right (laughs) Um, so Maester Picel, which we oh, spoke about earlier. Yeah, I think we've got different um, opinions on this one, but what's yours for Maester Picel? Joe Biden. Joe Biden. <laughs> Why Joe Biden? Uh, he's kind of like a creepy establishment um, pervert. Old dude. <laughs> Old dude. I mean, yeah, on, on those merits alone, sure. I actually approached Maester Picel um, not from the creepy, disgusting, like uh, uh, sexual deviant that he is. I approached Maester Picel from his kind of political affiliations. So I put Maester Picel as Mitch McConnell, old turtle guy himself. And I think the reason why I did that is because, like Mitch McConnell, I think Maester Picel represents the corruption in the establishment. I mean, I don't think you can get more establishment than Mitch McConnell. And they've been around for ever. I mean— I, th- I, th- I was reading this in the, uh, uh, not too long ago, but 
I think that Maester Pycelle was Maester for at least three. Well, if you're not counting all of the 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 um, the Lannister boys, he was definitely around for the guy before the Mad King, whose name I forget. The Mad King, Robert Baratheon, Joffrey, Tommen, and I think he might still be alive. I forget. He didn't die, right? Not yet. I think he's still alive. Yeah, they just cut his beard off. Um, so, and Mitch McConnell's been around forever and has always been close to the top of politics. And it's just a snaky, swampy, old, dirty man. And they kind of look- um, I think that is a pretty good comparison. I can't think of a better. Uh, Mitch McConnell has to be on the list. And uh, Maester Pice, they're both super old. They're both just super, uh, they like personify establishment. establishment. You know? establishment politics to the core yeah so i i i can give you that one um but then again if you guys think different then let us know um all right um i don't really have anything else written down it was the other characters were too hard for me to really to really uh set up and speak about confidently or or without like watching another season of you know rewatching game of thrones um, but let's just do some quick ones, I guess. Some funny ones. Some funny with, ones with no with no uh, backgrounds. With no with no backgrounds and and no uh, and no, there's no thought behind them. All right, no, no you do one, I do one, you them. do one, I do one. All right. Okay. Uh, I will do. Ah, there's so many characters. All right, I'll do. The Iron Bank is the Federal Reserve. Absolutely. 100%. Without a doubt. The IMF slash the, the Federal Reserve, for sure. Okay. 100%. All right. That's not a character, but, but it's yeah, an institution. Still. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. You do one. Um, The Army of the Dead are the Mexicans. <laughs> Wait, the Army of the Dead are the Mexicans? Yeah. I thought they or, were the Or wildlings. the Wildlings. Or the Wildlings. Either way, we built a wall. We're building a wall, or built a wall to try to keep them out. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's no other thing. Well, to keep, I guess, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You had one for you had one for of uh, uh, the red lady. Oh, the red woman, Melisandre, Kellyanne Conway, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have any objections to that for some reason. <laughs> I just think she's like, you know, like a snaky kind of person. And, you know, she's definitely of uh, not great uh, uh, moral uh, compass and, uh, you know, just kind of whispers in the ears of kings. Uh, Sometimes it means burning people down and sometimes it means bringing people back from the dead. Um, And uh, I think Kellyanne Conway does a good job of both. Okay, here, here, here's another one. Um, The Unsullied are hezbollah <laughs> okay it's like a super dupe like a super disciplined militia group <laughs> okay i see that um hmm rachel maddow is brienne of tarth <laughs> why because they both have short haircuts <laughs> no well yes but no uh i i just see rachel maddow as like you know super loyal to her causes uh and a big trope of of um you know, uh, Brienne of Tarth is is that she she keeps her oaths, and I feel like uh, Rachel Maddow is keeping her liberal oaths in that respect. 
Oh, I, I don't agree with you on that one. I think Rachel Maddow is one that flew off the cuckoo's nest. She doesn't. She's just. She's out the Alex Jones of the left. <laughs> I don't know if she's keeping her oath or, or, or keeping her oath to be loyal to the to the Democratic Party or what. But I think that she's just kind of uh, a kook. I can't think of somebody for Rachel Maddow who's kooky in Game of Thrones. I mean, who isn't kooky in Game of Thrones? But who's like who's like their main mo? Is just like a kook. Hmm. I don't know. We'll have to it think. Could be Alex jo- it could be Alex Jones or her, or her, or maybe there's two contradicting characters that hate each other. Yeah, I can't, speaking I can't really of contradicting, think of speaking of contradicting characters, the Night King is George Soros. <laughs> George Soros. The he's globalists got, are the night walkers. <laughs> he's got time crystals. <laughs> the global the globalist and the space time continuum laser guns and the vampire pedophiles. I think that those are uh I think that would be a good night walker. The impending the globalists are like the they symbolize the impending doom of the world, right? Yeah. All right, how about the way some people speak about them? <laughs> how about uh the second sons or um, the Golden Company, the the cell swords in Essos, they're just like military defense contractors in the military industrial complex. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. I can't think of anything else. I can't. I'm trying to remember who those characters are. To be completely honest. So, so the Second Sons. Do you know? Um, oh, uh, Dario Naharis, right? I got. I got gotcha. you. And the gotcha. Golden Company is who Euron Greyjoy just went across the, the sea to go get for this season. So the Golden Company will make an appearance this, uh, this oh, season. Oh, yeah. that's cool. That should be joyous. Yes. They got rid of the the guy who played the, the blonde hair, the, the blonde hair guy. Who's uh, Oh, Felicis. Dario Naharis. Yeah. He was that the first actor. I'm just going to make a comment real quick about the first actor. He looked That weird. guy was uh, super good looking, and they replaced him with kind of like... The a, first guy? The second guy is way hotter than the first guy, and... Yeah, that's case in point. He's, Dude, he's, are you nuts? Nah. The first guy's way hotter. All right, no, we got to put up a picture of both of them right now. Side-by-side comparison of Dario Naharis. Tell us in the comment section, I don't care if you're straight or gay, who's the more attractive of the two? Yeah, it's definitely the first actor. No, um, I think the guy who also played the bad guy in in Deadpool. I don't. I don't even remember that. Yeah, he's some. He's a British actor, uh, like all of them. All right, let's see who else is on the list. Uh, why don't you throw me one, and I'll see if I can I, if I can come up with one off the dome. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Mance Raider. Mance Raider. Ah, uh, Mance Raider. Well, there's a there's actually like a a. Uh, a libertarian podcaster who goes by the name Mance Raider, who, <laughs> <laughs> who, was, who was like a pretty big following, but uh, I just think of him. But let's see, Mance Raider. I actually think I got one. I, Mance Raider to me is like, um, oh, uh, Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon. Hmm. See, Steve Bannon. I don't know. I got one, and I don't think you're gonna like it because you like this person. Maybe you will like it. Who knows? Uh, Mance Raider, in my opinion, is Ron Paul, and I'll tell you why. 
Because Ron Paul is a hardcore libertarian. And all he wants is freedom. Freedom from government. Freedom from, you know, all the things that libertarians like. And Mance Raider and the Wildlings are basically just a bunch of libertarians. When you think about it. Right? They don't kneel to kings. They don't pay taxes. You know, they do what they like. And they just live in. And Ron Paul, uh, you know, I think is is a big character. If you were to pick the king of you know the king beyond the wall so to speak the king of the libertarians i think ron paul would be a good choice for that yeah i guess i guess uh mance raider um he chose mance raider because maybe he was on to the same thing that you're on uh mm-hmm. because he's kind of like a libertarian physical uh, libertarian um figure in game of thrones so maybe maybe that's what he was on to as well i agree with you on that i think that was actually a really good comparison cool um all right let's see uh all right karth remember that city of karth? Korths. not quarth but karth <laughs> karth uh that's like that's Riyadh. Riyadh, <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> that's yeah. definitely Riyadh. Uh-huh. and um the guy the the black dude is uh is uh, Muhammad bin Salman really? <laughs> I don't know. Is there a better MBS? Nah, I don't. I don't. I don't want to. We shouldn't. Yeah, use up MBS. We should, we should keep MBS for another episode because I I can't think of a really good one for MBS, and I don't want to waste him on on the black guy in Karth. <laughs> yeah, that's he's too much of a minor character. Yeah. Um, all right. The Dothraki or ISIS? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, who's um Dra um called Drago? Drogo. Me. Drogo. Drogo. Well, does it Ayatollah have to be? Does Kamini? he have to be the leader of ISIS? Because then that limits <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to make him the leader of ISIS. Okay, so Drogo. Um, hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I'm gonna have to take a pass on that one for now. Um. Yeah. Some somebody Middle Eastern. I mean, he could be MBS. <laughs> Maybe no, he can't be MBS. What? I mean, Drogo's I, I love cool. Drogo too. Who's my favorite character before he died? So. Drogo's way too cool. He's got to be a cool character. You got to respect. You got to respect Aquaman. Yeah. Uh. All right. Who do we get on here? Uh. Right. We got uh. The Hound. Mm, the Hound. He could be Steve Bannon. Why? I don't know. Looks? <laughs> Does not look like Steve Bannon. Uh, Steve Bannon has kind of a crusty face. Steve Bannon is a small, pudgy, disgusting-looking man. <laughs> but I'll give you that he does have a crusty-looking face. So. <laughs> All right. I'm going back to my list. Well, I tell you all right, what. All right, Look. here's what I got. All right, go ahead, shoot. We'll we'll make this the last one then. All right, we're at we're at just an over an hour, but it, okay, you know, perfect. With editing, it'll we'll be a we'll end it with this with this bombshell. Yeah. Uh, Tom and Baratheon is Barack Obama. I see. I saw you wrote that, and I don't know why. To, like, explain. I think that Barack Obama went in to his presidency with a level of naiveness to what the presidency was and he kind of guess got swept in it 
and that's why he made a lot of the the decisions that he made, especially foreign policy wise, that were very very uh, contradicting to what he campaigned on. Unless you can think of another character like that who in Game of Thrones. I mean, my politics disagrees with you, and I, you know, the the same hardcore stance that you took against uh, Hillary Clinton, I'd have to take against putting Barack Obama as as uh, as Tommen. That's, in my opinion, too minor a character for Barack Obama, regardless if you like him or not. Like that's just too minor a character. Barack Obama was huge for the world, whether you like him or not huge so i just don't see that and i disagree with your your um impressions that his naivete caused him to to do bad things i think that uh i think he had his hands bound uh at a certain juncture in his presidency when the when the uh, republicans took over the house uh, and senate um and they basically prevented him from doing anything good or bad uh i mean for god's sakes look at merrick garland he never ended up on the supreme court because they were just like nah we're not voting on that Fuck that. Fuck you. So I, I don't know. He, he couldn't get a whole lot done. Uh, n- notwithstanding, I don't think that Tommen is holds the gravitas that Barack Obama had, like him or not. So I disagree. All right, fine. We'll find someone else for Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. If this if this episode is successful, then we'll find someone else. This, this <laughs> Otherwise, we're never can. doing this again. <laughs> yeah, unless we're never doing this again, and you can just scratch all of it out. Um, all right, I can't think of anyone else. There's just way too many characters in Game of Thrones. But if this show does well, we'll, we'll probably come back to this with like a more professional approach to it, and, and we'll try to like map out the characters that we have. Yeah, we'll recap um, them all again. Yeah, we'll, we'll recap them all, the ones that are set in stone, um, and we'll go over characters that are that are requested. And uh, yeah, we'll go over characters. If this if this show was good, if you enjoyed what this this uh, this take on um, this, this kind of a test podcast of Game of Thrones characters compared to world leaders, then we'll we'll keep on doing these because I mean it's it's a fun activity and we're both huge Game of Thrones fans, mm-hmm. so it's not it's like less of a chore than researching you know fucking Libya. Or like um, the war in Yemen. <laughs> yeah, or the war in Yemen. So it's fun doing these episodes, but let us know what you like. Um, also, make sure that you should have mentioned this in the beginning, that you rate and review the podcast if you're listening on the audio version. And if you are watching it, then like and subscribe. Um, and join the comment section. Like And join the comment section. Like let and, us know what you, know, you think. Yeah, let us know what you think. If you think that... One, we got a character wrong. Let us know if you think that we're both douchebags. Um, most people are pretty, uh, are pretty. Uh, they, they feel pretty welcoming in doing that. <laughs> so feel free to do it as well. Um, and rate and review the podcast, as I mentioned again. And also, I have a Twitter now. I uh, had a Twitter for years. I never actually <laughs> used it. And then I was speaking to um, Jose Nino, who's been on the show a couple times, and. He's like, what are you doing without a Twitter? Uh, like, no one's gonna take you seriously. Not in those words, obviously, but uh, I got it. So I'm on the tweet game. So you can find me at Henry Zamoda, uh, my full name. We'll put a link to, to it in, inter- in the YouTube subscription. Inter- yeah. Interact with me. Yeah. And uh, follow me. And uh, I put out tweets about stuff sometimes. Usually they're just like uh, gifts of wrestling. <laughs> All right. All right. Peace.
What is dead may never die. My name is Greg Jackson. I'm a historian, professor, and the creator of History That Doesn't Suck, a podcast that provides a complete overview of U.S. history through storytelling, yet keeps the rigor you'd expect in a university class. Starting with 22-year-old George Washington in his first battle, join me for a chronological telling of the United States' story. It's unlikely revolution, fractious civil war, tenacious inventors, brave reformers, and more. With more than 100 episodes, you can already binge listen your way through the progressive era. Find History That Doesn't Suck wherever you get your podcasts.